This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hallowell and Chris Field, the church boys. From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. I hate these guys. So, I know, I, I know, I know. See, this is what I've been dealing with, America. So last week we didn't we didn't have our show a regular show last weekend because of health issues, and we'll get into get into all of that. So we're we're recording here. What is it, Wednesday? Mental Wednesday. health issues. Yeah, we're <laughs> <laughs> health issues overall. <coughs> oh, Billy gosh. Billy was in the cancer ward over the weekend, and um, anyway, so we there was one thing after another, and it had some to do with some stuff happening with my family and things, and we'll get into that here in a little bit. But we didn't record last weekend, but we're here Wednesday, and uh, we're not going skiing, but we are recording a uh, an episode to try to make up for that, and then we'll still record and record again tomorrow or Friday. We'll record again this week to have another weekend. Show. Two, there's a bonus episode filled with coughing. Just a, just an hour of just coughing. Nothing else, just coughing. Just uh, coughing and Kevin Zorbo. <laughs> so we have a bunch of interviews we've been doing. If, you, if you've been watching our feed on SoundCloud and other places, well, by the way, are we allowed to make the official announcement about that certain online radio thing that we've been talking about? Because remember they sent us the yeah, link I to mean, the pages active, yeah, but it's not been officially announced yet. Well, why don't, don't we just we, announce it? We can we, apologize why later. Why don't we hold it? Because what if what if the rug gets pulled out from under us? Then that's hilarious, and we can make a joke <laughs> about it and prank someone. Anyway, so we, we've got some we've got some for us schlubs. Chris, is, all right, you know I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give the announcement. Right. We have to. Okay. And this is actually a big deal for us because, it because I think it's gonna announced. get hold. It no, no, wait, wait, wait. Announced. I don't want to jinx it. <clears throat> well, listen, I know okay, you're very excited about this opportunity, but I think I think we need to just say, let me announce it real quick that we are about to have national exposure. Chris is going to be on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. He'll be a Hi. contestant. He will be a contestant representing uh, the Church Boys. There you and go. that's it the announcement. Fabulous. Uh, no, we actually, that, there's that. I'd forgotten about that one, but the, we had actually something actually bigger and more like real. Um, <coughs> to announce as well, but I think that I'm gonna. I, we need to double check with Brian and Dom before we do any announcing. I think we should wait. I just was trying to lead into I my know, joke I about know, you being on Repulse Drag Race. Jerk. So, <clears throat> so we we are here and we're gonna do this show. This is to make up for last weekend. We'll still do another show for the for the coming weekend. But anyway, so w- we were gone, and, um, and and as you know, people people know that I enjoy Billy's uh, Billy's suffering. And I was so, so sick. I was no, I was a ten out of ten. And I, I get sick. I mean, I've been sick a bunch of times while we've been in the show. Usually it's a sinus infection. This was like demonic throat fire. Like it was awful. Okay, so Billy tells me, Oh, and I'm taking NyQuil and I'm just blah blah blah. I said, I'm oh, you awful should, on NyQuil. I said, you should record that and send it over. It'll be gold. Well, imagine imagine my my joy when I received well when I received this message. Hello, citizens. This is a recording of Billy. Why are you huffing? In bed with Andrea. Why are you huffing? She's clothed, but I'm not sure he is. Oh. He's hopped up on there NyQuil. <laughs> NyQuil's <laughs> slamming. <laughs> you can see me now. There I am. 
got 15 minutes into my NyQuil treatment. <clears throat> the world is my oyster. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <sighs> this is what happens when kids go to school, Andrea. They <laughs> get <laughs> this what? They get, they get a sick. They get diseases from the other... The other... Are you really blaming your three-year-old right now? She came home with it. It's very <laughs> awful. Um, it's like I'm on death's doorstep. Note to the listeners out there. My three-year-old handles being better. <laughs> Are you on NyQuil? <laughs> Exhausted because they have to deal with you and your baby. Yeah, I am. I'm not feeling so. I got a fever of 100.5 and it's, it's es- not a fever. It's escalating like a like a Macy's <laughs> escalator. Low grade, if anything. And really, it's a troubling situation. Eva handles being sick better than you. <clears throat> she moaned in her room for like an entire night. That's not better than this. I've been moaning for about a decade. I need to go to sleep. This is really an untrue <laughs> account of events in this home. I also sound very weird with the, these retainers and <laughs> right. right now can I, I you should talk about your what your um drama with your teeth my teeth well, we've already talked about that breaking I might need a crown goodbye okay so <laughs> do you even remember recording this i rem- I remember the conversation. I don't remember 90% of what I said. So like, I remember Andrea being very annoyed that I was trying to include her in it. And she knew you were going to use this. And she knew if you oh, said yeah, it around totally that I would knew. use it. So she says she to totally the listeners knew. out there. <coughs> yeah, so, she totally knew. So Billy tells me he's sick and he can't record last weekend. And other things came up. And he texts me. that he, he sends me this video. So I put up on Twitter, uh, Billy is a lush and I have proof. So this is part of our audio proof. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, love, I don't understand how anybody I, functions on NyQuil. I, I love her total lack of sympathy for you. Ava handles <laughs> this better. And I, which was probably You don't true, have a fever. You don't have a fever. It's <laughs> a low-grade the, fever. Can we talk anything. about the best part, though? Andrea calls me today, and she's like, my throat's on <laughs> fire. <laughs> Poor <laughs> Andrea. Like, now, yep. now she has it. Now, Welcome. Now, kids are, and you blamed your children, I think rightfully so. Yes. Because kids are horrible, awful creatures. They and carry, they, all they they're they carriers. Just, yes, they're just little sacks of disease, and they just carry it with them wherever they go. And the more other kids, other sacks of disease around, the more sacks, more diseases yeah. they carry around in their little sacks. That's why we've been sick more and more <clears throat> exactly. this year because she's in school now, our right. three-year-old. Exactly. And then what did you do? Then <laughs> what did you do this weekend to fight off that disease? You took your kid to an incubation <laughs> house. <laughs> it was. It was a. It's called Billy Bees. I don't know if anybody knows Billy Bees, but it's basically a giant indoor playground that is definitely filled with child disease. <laughs> so, <coughs> so, so Billy sent me this video, and now, um, I call Billy's mom about every Sunday night just to have these conversations. Billy, obviously, <laughs> Billy, she said Billy refuses to call her. So, I, if you would call her, I wouldn't have to. And I shared with her this. I sent her this. Uh, video text that you had sent me and uh, she was not thrilled to say the least in fact she left us a message uh, left us a message on the on the church boys answering machine if you'd like to hear it I have it here well uh, I'm sure if I say I don't want to hear it we're still going to hear it you so, were gonna. so, I, here, so here's, it. here's a message from Billy's mom responding to Billy being on his NyQuil uh, bender Billy's mother calling again. 
I don't know about you, but I think she sounds lovely. <laughs> you, you are awful and out of control. And you know what's really, you you know what's really amazing about your mom? She records those in one take. She doesn't have to call back and leave other messages. <laughs> it's just stream of consciousness for her. Apparently, <laughs> you're the dumbest human being on the face of the I, earth. That might be true. That might be true. <laughs> I think honestly, that makes me want to prank someone. Oh, you want to do a, do a prank? We'll, sh- we'll share my wife's woes well, later. Oh, no. Let's I'm, talk about your wife I'm first. I don't think she wants me to share this. <laughs> yeah. oh, well, she doesn't okay. listen to the show, so you're probably good. Okay, so what really caused us to not be able to record over the weekend, <clears throat> excuse me, on Fridays, we usually do, we usually will record on Thursdays, but Billy was coming down with something. And we just got, we were just slammed with work, and then Friday would be our, it was, is our, is often our normal recording day, and we were scheduled to do that. But my wife had a, a surgery scheduled earlier in the week. And it's nothing, it's nothing serious. It's not like cancer or anything like that. But it is is a significant surgery. And she needed to stay overnight in the hospital. And there were some several things that were being uh several things that were being done. And I, I don't want to take it any further than that, because she'll kill me. Um <clears throat> But it was scheduled for fri- it was scheduled for uh for Wednesday. It was supposed to be first thing Wednesday morning, and then Tuesday evening, we get a call from the doctor's office in the hospital and the hospital saying, um, we need to bump your surgery to Friday, which is a big help, right? Don't you dare be late. Don't you dare be late. <laughs> Billy's hacking and hacking and hacking. He's thankfully <laughs> muting his microphone, America. <laughs> <clears throat> so she's supposed to have the surgery <laughs> surgery on Wednesday. And I was going to be gone Wednesday and then be back Thursday, Friday. We record no problem. But it got bumped to Friday, and so it was out all day Friday. And then she wound up having to stay overnight Saturday, and so it was gone all day Saturday. We couldn't do anything. And then Billy's just, you know, this, that, and the other, making up stories about not being able to record on Monday when we all had a day off, and we could have done it, and he didn't. Um, so it's just one thing after another from Billy's end. <clears throat> but anyway. You're I, awful. But the, going having this surgery, having my wife's surgery, or my wife having this surgery reminds me of a lot of things that are, I hate I already hate health insurance, right? I mean, I hate the whole the <laughs> whole bureaucracy awful. and rigmarole and all that stuff. I already hate it. I also hate going to the doctor and I hate going to the hospitals. In fact, I was talking to my dad. He said, how'd it go at the hospital the other day? He says, you know, because she's in surgery for you know, half the day on whatever day, Friday. And so I'm sitting around in the hospital for hours just by myself, right? And then she's recovering Saturday, but she's sleeping a lot. But I'm just kind of staying there in the hospital with her. And it's just... 
I, what I have dis- determined is that I, any place that is regularly open on Saturdays is a place I don't care to be. That's what I've discovered. For instance, um, I don't. I don't like going to CVS. It's open Saturdays. I don't enjoy being there. Walmart. Hate that's going to Walmart. That's actually good. That's a good. I do like going to Walmart, but that's a good mentality, I think. But anyway, so I, so it's. Uh, but I don't. Here's what I don't understand. So hospitals and and nursing homes. These medical places have spend millions of dollars a year, right, on on things they should spend money on research, medicine, technology, and furniture for the people that are being worked on, right? My wife's got new beds in this hospital that she was being taken care of. It's fantastic. And it's as though they do these remodels of these hospitals and they buy all this new stuff for the hospitals. They get down, there's almost nothing left of the budget to go, oh man, I forgot. What about furniture for the people waiting for the people who are having surgery? And so what do they do? They just set out essentially, essentially, essentially folding chairs. For- no, they're, they're lawn chairs with padding. Yeah, they're terrible. And it's, and so it's like, the, the only people who are going to be sitting in the, these seats will be used by people who are sitting in them for hours at a time. And yet you take no care and no regard for any of the people using them. And so, and just hospitals and doctors drive me nuts. And it's one thing after another with this doctor's office and this hospital, as far as like things getting bumped and yes, the doctor will be here at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh, we just got a call. She'll be here at noon. It's like, what are you, are you kidding me? And those kinds of, and then these follow-up appointments that we've had to have, and it's, it's just, it's a nightmare. But I feel, I feel sorry for my wife. Then I do, I take that back. How I is feel she sorry feeling? for is me. She feel, is she she's feeling doing, well? She's feeling, she's doing a lot better. She's feeling healthy, and um, we're very thankful that a, a lady who goes to our church is the head nurse at another hospital um, near where we live, and she's you know willing to come in and check on her make sure everything's going all right so there's that there's that it's a kind of a security blanket for her but she's feeling a lot better and doing better and and so i'm very thankful for that but this, this experience over the weekend's just like oh just, like, just shoot me now it's awful it's awful it is awful <clears throat> it's and, like and when... that's now now let me say let me say my wife had got really good care where she was the doctor was great great surgery great uh the assisting physician fantastic all of the nurses and all of the cnas that helped they were wonderful, but it's the bureaucracy of the health, of the health world that is a, that is an absolute nightmare in dealing with it. And then if you are a person who is w- waiting with the patient or for the patient, it is there's nothing catered to you other than they'll, they'll put out a, co- a, a, a a pot of coffee that gets that gets cold, you know, after a couple hours, and they don't refill it, and it's just sitting there with cold coffee in it. But other than that. So. Sounds like you had a wonderful time. It was fantastic, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, believe it or not, I would have rather been here recording with you, but if you can believe that. So anyway, you under you wanted to prank somebody. So that's that's tell that's that's part of why we were not here over the weekend. But anyway, not nearly as entertaining as uh, as Billy's drunken stupor. Well, <clears throat> which he embarrassed his mother and and his fears for him going to the same new, path as his father. I'm actually just ignoring you now. Okay. Um, we have a new staff member. We have a bunch of new staff yes, members. But one of them. Yes, we um, do. <laughs> yeah, half of our staff is new. Um, tons of new staff people, growing staff. But um, one of them is Carly Hoyleman, who was actually one of our interns. And 
Carly keeps saying she's dying to come on the podcast. She really wants to come on. She wants to be a part of the church boys, um, which is funny. She's apparently following in the footsteps of Sarah Rivette, who has also appeared numerous times and actually co-hosted the show in my absence um, during my quote-unquote paternity leave. Don't ever do that to me again. (laughs) Um, Now... Carly, I think we should prank her. Now, I don't know how this is going to go. You remember my good friend, Sharice McClaire, who um, yes, it was who the, the... The oils, the essential oils for, for Sarah. The yes, pe- now, the, yes. Now, to be, the, the, we should let the people know there's a big difference between Carly and Sarah. Carly's incredibly nice. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't curse. And yeah, <laughs> right, right. well, um, yes, Carly is incredibly nice, but also... I don't know how this is going to go. I'm very stuffy right now. I might cough. I might mess it up. She might know it's me, but we're going to call Carly. Disguise your voice a little bit. And I'm going to call her as Sharice McClare has left her job at, at, I almost said said the the company, (laughs) at the essential oils company that she allegedly worked for and has moved over to a college, um, the college where uh, Carly attended and... Uh, Chris, you're going to have to probably bleep it out because to make it real, I'm going to have to say the name of the college. Um, from the provost office. She has a job in the provost office, Cherise. She's uh, really done well for herself. And she's very concerned that Carly is missing some of the courses that she needed to graduate. And the problem is Carly's already graduated. So um, they are going to reclaim and withhold her official diploma, according to Cherise, until two of her courses are, compl- are, are completed. So we are going to call Carly and, and try to make this happen. Perfect. Um, I don't know. It could be a total flop. Let's see. I'm dialing her now. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you know how to work the phone thing? Yeah, sorry. I'm trying to find her number. Okay. When you said you were dialing her now, you weren't really dialing. You were looking for <coughs> a number. And no, I was. Sitting I was there just going with this like, awkward silence and, you know, phones were I'm calling her. On. I'm calling her. So shut your mouth. Okay. Hello? Is it ringing? I don't hear ringing. Little phone icons up there and the dots moving. Oh, wait. Hello? Hi, may I please speak with Carly Hoyleman? Hi, who's this? Hi, Carly. This is Sharice McClare. I work over in the provost's office at the college. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm actually calling you because we noticed we were going over your files, and I know that you just uh, recently received your diploma, but we're actually missing some information, so I wanted to go over that with you. Okay. Um, I'm looking through the politics, philosophy, and economics curriculum course list, and it seems we're missing some grades from two of your courses. I'm sorry, it's a little fuzzy. Can you repeat that? Sure. It seems that uh, we're missing some grades from two of your courses from your constitutional law course. Did you take that classic I did, yes. Uh, it says here that you have an incomplete. Is that accurate? No, that's not. Um, Okay, so we have constitutional law, and we're also missing a grade for enlightenment and liberal democracy. Did you take that class? I I did, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, well, can you, do you have uh, any documentation that you might be able to prove? Um, I don't, but professors should. 
uh, it says here both classes are incomplete, which technically uh, is somewhat of a problem because we... Oh, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we need to place a hold academically um, on all of your files at this point. Okay, I, I mean, I have assignments from the classes, but um, I'm, I'm guessing the student portal will probably be a better source. And and I'm sure if you emailed um, doctors and then they would be able to sort that out. Yes, I was able to look in the student portal, and I don't see any, it, it doesn't show any evidence that you took those classes. Is it possible that you falsified the documentation? That's our. That's really our concern right now. Oh, no, absolutely not. Well, it does seem like that might be the case, so um, you may need to come in and meet with the provost. Is that possible? Um, I, I could, yeah. Um, I, I'm working right now, but... I'll, I have office hours. I'm actually tutoring at the school this semester, so I'll be around tomorrow. Uh, we, we really need to see you today. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's possibly possible today. 40, possibly at 345? Would that be possible? It would not, no. Um, I'm, I'm at work until 6. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the provost won't be here at that time, and we really do need to see you if you want to uh, basically continue holding on to your standing at the college. Um, okay, have you talked to professors about this? No, that would be your responsibility because it does seem that you're the one who falsified the documentation. Um, I I did not. Sorry. Well, and and have you spoken with Mosquita because she actually um, gave me the go ahead and and sent me information saying that I was good to go. I did. She said she sent you no such information. She said she, I'm sorry? She sent you no such information. Oh, well, that's not true. Well, I'm sorry. I could forward the email. Technically, you're failing and you're not able to pass. I don't even understand how you were given your diploma. Okay. Um, Well, I I did spend a semester at Oxford, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Oh. Well, Oh, I do see. I do see that you were abroad, but um, you received no credits for those classes, correct? Um, not, not yet. I did while I was there, but um, actually, I'm looking at an email from her. It was 12 days ago. She said, "Just wanted to let you know that I contacted Oxford, and they don't foresee your official transcript transcript being ready for your courses um, complete there for another two to three weeks." Once I get that transcript, I will let you know. Pending your final grade, that will complete your requirements for graduation. Okay, so we'll see you around 4 o'clock today then? No, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll need to see you today, so you you let me know, but we're here until 5, okay? Okay. Bye. Thanks. Wait, Carly. <laughs> Wait, she hung up. You gotta call her back. Give her a call back. That was fantastic. Well, she bought that hook, line, and sinker, didn't she? She did. Hold on. Are you calling her now? Are you calling her yourself? Okay. He's oh, he's muted. (laughs) He's cracking up. Uh, call her you, back. Call her, well, pass, call her back. We're going to call you back on the line we just called you from. Okay, so hold on one second. Pick up the phone. <laughs> Pick up the phone when we call you. <laughs> she, 
she's so upset. I gotta she get keeps back to, her cool, though. Let me tell does. you, she keeps her cool. I got to get back to the front page here in a few minutes. Yeah, I have to go in a second here, too. But all right, let's call her quickly. And then and then we'll clo- we're just going to close with, with one interview today. All right. <coughs> I loved it. <coughs> all right, here we go. Hello. Hey, Carly. Hi, it's, it's Sharice McClare again. <laughs> <laughs> did we give Who you a mild that? heart? Did we give you a mild heart attack? Yes, my heart is like pounding. <coughs> I'm like, what the heck happened? So, um, hey, Carly, it, who is who is we? It's no. Chris Field and I. You're on the Church Boys. <laughs> oh my gosh, you, you guys are awful. So we recorded that phone call. It's okay if we if with you if we use that. Yeah, you can. Okay, thanks. <laughs> no, I have to say, I'm super impressed with you. I would have oh, flipped I was... out on whoever that was if, if I were you. I mean, I did get a little sass towards the end. Not but... really. You were like, you like curtsied, and then you're like, gotta yeah. go. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was Carly sass, and Carly sass isn't horribly sassy. We're used to dealing the female. We're used to dealing with the Sarah Rivette, so that that sells tells oh, okay. you something. So yeah. Um, I am so sorry for giving you a heart attack. Um, I was convincing though, wasn't I? I just knew, like, it sounded like a weird recording, so I wasn't sure. I never heard of that name before, so I had no idea what that was about. But I'm not surprised because it's such a small school, so sometimes they mess things like that up. And it's, you know, no fault of their own, but... I wasn't surprised necessarily. <laughs> My favorite part yeah. was when I was like, "So we'll see you at four o'clock." <laughs> and you're like, no, <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> um, oh, that's called initiation. We did it to funny. Sarah Rivette too, and we did it. She's like obsessed with essential oils, so we did it with her essential oils and said that she owed all this money that she didn't, and she was very upset. And it was Sharice <laughs> McClaire making that phone call too. Yes, that is horrible. Sharice McClaire has since moved on to. She's uh, had a lot of. At, she's had a lot of different jobs. <laughs> college. Um, Carly, are you mad at us? No, I'm not mad. Okay, I'm good. just like, <laughs> I'm not surprised that you guys would do something like that. <laughs> Neither are we. Um, well, Carly, uh, this is your inaugural appearance, um, and you'll be back. We're going to have you back, but I just wanted to find out how you feel about things. How about this prank before we let you go? Yeah, well, you know, I figured I'm already employed, and um, if I don't get my degree at this point, hopefully Scott will still let me keep my job. So <laughs> we have very low standards. We days? have very we have very low yeah. standards these days, so it's all right. <laughs> well, Carly, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fun. sure has, guys. Thanks. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> She's remarkably poised. I'll she tell you is. That much. She's an impressive lady. She really is. I like her. Um, all right, so we all have to we have to go here basically. So this joy that we've all given you, this extra episode filled with coughing, um, and I did promise that this would also be filled. I just got an instant message from her that says "demons" in capital letters. <laughs> um, I think we we're gonna close out with an interview that I did uh, with Kevin Sorbo and another actor. Um, who they have a film called Caged coming out. It's about human trafficking, and it's coming out uh, this weekend. And we had a really interesting conversation about that. Um, and so I say we just close our show out with that. Or just close with the interview then. Close with the interview. All right. So before we get into this interview, then do you have any words of wisdom for the people? Read your Qurans and get that Nyquil IV going, Billy, so we can have more fun and more thrills.
Goodbye. All right, bye-bye. Roll it. It's Billy Hollowell here with the Church Boys, and I have two actors on the line, Kevin Sorbo, who we've had on the show before, and Alan Powell. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having us. So Very well. Thank you. Very well. Very well. Well, that's good. So you guys have a new movie, and I think... You know, I'm fascinated by the film because it deals with a topic that we don't really hear much about, um, especially in Hollywood. There have been a few projects here or there, but I think it's something that, that goes on that's so horrifying, this issue of human trafficking, that really a lot of us just don't know a lot about. So just, I guess to start, um, Kevin, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about what attracted you to the film Caged No More. Um, just love the content of it. I mean, I thought it was very fascinating, very interesting, and it was interesting to find out how bad this, the problem is here in America. I mean, it freaked me out. I always thought, like everybody else, that it's something that happens overseas and not here in our backyards, but it's, uh, it's a big problem here, and I, I like the challenge of playing two different characters. I, I play twin brothers in it, one good, one bad, and it was, uh, you know, you, you always hear those things, but I never got the chance or had an offer before to do something like that, so uh, that definitely drew me in to want to be part of it. And how about you, Alan? Well, I, essentially, kind of what Kevin was mentioning, I read the script for the first time, and quite honestly, I was I was blown away by the content, and, and truthfully, didn't think it was realistic. As a matter of fact, I called one of the producers, and I said, you know, I, I like what you're doing here, but this doesn't feel like a real story. You know, essentially, it's about a father who sells his daughters into sex slavery, and I was like, this, this is just too much. It can't be real. She immediately sent me three or four news articles of things that had happened in the previous 90 days within a 300-mile radius of my house. And uh, wow. from that moment on, I was, I was willing to do anything that I could to, to shine light on the subject. Yeah, it's, and it's funny because you both alluded to this fact of, you know, so many of us don't know about the issue. And <clears throat> I read somewhere that there were 330 or something like that, that 330,000 Americans who are trafficked. And, and I thought about that, and I'm thinking, what? I mean, that's insane. I mean, that is rampant, and, and I know it's every city, every state. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about the characters that you play. We'll start with you, Kevin, just, and you started to sort of touch on it a little bit, but, you know, and I guess as you're, as you're describing it, because, Kevin, you've played, you've played heroes and you've played villains, right? I mean, and it's fascinating to me. I think people know you most, well, at least until God's Not Dead for the hero, and I think your God's Not Dead character was kind of a villain until the end, or at least, you know, in, in that, in that vein, um, what was it like to play this kind of um, villain, though? Because I think it's a whole other level. Yeah, I mean, it, when you think of it, here's a guy that actually, you know, he gets in trouble financially. You get some huge debt. He's in trouble with people coming after him. So to pay off his debt, what does he do? He goes and sells his own daughters into the slavery of the sexual trade. I mean, how low and how pathetic. I mean, you can't possibly feel sorry for this guy. I mean, that's... That is just, it's such a weird uh, state of mind that you can get to that level where you can do something as sick and disgusting as this. So, um, you know, I took that as sort of like a challenge to play somebody just as weird as this. But then on the flip side, I had the twin brother who was, uh, you know, he was basically the angel, but the other guy the devil. So, um, you know, I, I appreciate that I was able to shoot each character separately that we shot all the scenes for one guy on one side of the movie and all the scenes for the other side and the other side of the movie. Now, that, that was helpful to uh, not have to worry about you know getting all schizophrenic and going back and forth with that kind of a bipolar personality. <laughs> and Alan, tell me, tell me a little bit about your character and, and what the process was like for preparing. 
I play a character named Will, who was the son, is the son of, of Richard's light side, his angelic brother, as he mentioned. Uh, Will, Will is a military-trained uh, operative who is, is moved, obviously, as all of us are, when he, when he hears about what's happening, specifically what's happened to his cousins in the story. Um, and so we kind of get to learn, we kind of get to learn along with him as he learns about this terrible industry and what's going on. And again, not, not something that's happening somewhere else, but something that's happening has hit home for him. So uh, as far as the preparation goes, I mean, I had the opportunity to sit down kind of with a real life will, um, a, a special ops forces soldier who has now dedicated his life um, to this trade, to, to ending human trafficking um, to the best of his ability. So to learn from him and what it really looks like and things that he's actually seen and how things go down. Uh, and then also in the preparation to, to see, read, and view a lot of uh, interviews with, with children, people who've been uh, trafficked themselves. It was heartbreaking, uh, but really spoke to the importance of this subject as well. Yeah, and it's what's so scary about it is that this is something that is continuing to worsen, and it's and, and you're seeing this as a growing area of crime, which is is just unbelievable in 2016 that that's where we are. But what are you both hoping that the audience, that people, take away from the film? Well, for me, it's just wake up time. You know, you want to bring awareness to this. I, you know, we talked about this before, Alan and I, and you know, a movie like this. All movies always have a story to tell, an agenda to push, whatever that agenda may be. And we're hoping this one is something that opens people's eyes to how horrible that that uh, what's happening to these kids. A lot of them are runaways. You know, they they have no hope. They've got no self-esteem. They've got no, you know, any any future as far as they're concerned. So it's something they get sort of dragged into, and before they know it, they're stuck in that world. The same realization that I had after I read the script for the first time and was made aware. Of how of how real this problem was, the reaction that I had there was I, I need to do anything that I can. And at that moment in time, it was being an actor in this film. I hope that people who are viewing this or friends of people who've seen the movie will be inspired to do something, do something in their area. There's a great website that this film has put together, CageNoMoreMovie.com, and of course you can find where it's playing near you. But it also has resources, everything from the, the practical application as parents uh, or as guardians to, to know what to look out for. Uh, for your own children, but then also local organizations in your area that are doing everything that they can to end human trafficking within that organization. So there's a lot of things that can be done. I think people will be motivated to make a difference, and I think the film does a good job of giving them an outlet to do that. And how different, and, and Kevin, I'll start with you, how different is this movie from other films? I know you guys probably have, obviously you've done a lot of movies, you've done a lot of work, and I would assume some of those projects start to blend into one another, and it's just a job is a job. And I know you try to pick movies I would assume that you know matter to you and that you and that you care about. But this one has a lot of other dimensions. How how different is this from some of your past projects? And did you leave the film feeling any differently about the subject in terms of how you how impacted you felt, perhaps? Well, I certainly I certainly felt different with. Uh not my attitude towards it, but just my educational level to where human trafficking is and where it's a growing business. I mean, it's a multi-billion dollar business. And you call it a business because, unfortunately, for these sickos that run it, that's what it is to them. And, you know, it just opened up my eyes to how bad it is here. It was interesting to be working on the movie with Governor Bobby Jindal because it's one of the biggest problems in the state of Louisiana as well. And I say that because we shot the movie in Baton Rouge. So uh, he appears in the film for a couple scenes, and I had a little nice long talk to him the day that he was there. It was interesting to meet the guy and hang out, get his point of view on it. And he, he says it's one of the biggest issues facing his state. 
And, you know, how do you battle it? Well, you battle it by bringing awareness to it. Oh, this movie will bring that awareness. And how did it change I think you, it was man? different because of the education process, as, as Kevin mentioned. I, I didn't know. I, to my own shame, I didn't know going into this that this was an issue that we were facing here in the States, an issue that we're facing in our in, in our own neighborhoods, in our own cities. And so it was it was very eye-opening for me to be able to learn the facts and what's really going on, not somewhere else, but but here in our own backyard. Well, listen, uh, this has been great. Any final comments about Caged No More? Anything that maybe we haven't discussed that you want uh, people to know about the film? Well, I hope people go see it. They should go, they should go to the website, cagednomoremovie.com. There's a lot of information on there. A lot of questions will be answered right at that site alone. And January 22nd is our kickoff date. So please spread the word, and uh, hopefully people go see the movie. We'll make sure we yeah, get that It's an important you. issue. It's an important film. And, and we have the chance to impact people's lives right in this moment, right where we are. So that's, uh, that's incredible. Excellent. Well, thank you guys very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care.